Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, thank you for joining me. Nice to have you along again. Really looking forward to today's chat with Sanaya Williams. Sanaya is a consultant, business strategist, and founder at The CEO Partner, theceopartner.com. Um, so before we find out what Sanaya does and how she helps companies and uh, consultants, Sanaya, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And you are like me. You're a little bit geographically challenged, right? <laughs> You've been everywhere. Where, where are you now? I've been around. Yeah. So right now we are back in London um, for about nice. fresh four weeks now. <laughs> nice. And uh, where were you before that? So before that, we were in Denmark in Copenhagen for four years, which yeah. was it was pleasant. I, I actually miss it. It was a great experience yeah. to be there. Yeah. 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 And you're not from Denmark. Is that right? No, I'm not from Denmark at all. <laughs> I, uh, I moved from the U.S. I'm originally from New Jersey. Um, I haven't lived in the U.S. for six years, actually. So two years in the U.K., four years in Denmark, and now back in the U.K. <laughs> Wonderful. I've seen it all. That's good. Yeah. Excellent. Well, let's dive on in because I love what you do. So I'd love to share that with listeners. Can you give me a little bit about your background and then how that feeds into the CEOpartner.com? Definitely. So yeah, my background, um, I guess starting, I went to school for computer information systems. After that, I started working in IT. So I was an IT project manager at at t in the US. And then I fell in love with business processes and banking. So I, I got I what I would call my dream job at E-Trade in the US. And I was there for five years. And essentially, I used to take the business processes and figure out ways of streamlining and automating. Because back then, they used to do a lot of things on spreadsheets. They had macros that they were using. Yeah. And I would figure out how to take those macros from a spreadsheet and create an actual business system from it and train operational teams on how to deliver customer experience and support the systems that we've built. Um, so I was there for five years. And then one of the competitors took basically our whole team. They offered us like an amazing deal, wow, doubling our salaries. So obviously none of us would say no to that, but to create <laughs> the same experience at their, at their bank. And I did that for about a year and a half and then realized that this work, working, commuting two hours each way, working was not an eight hour day, but mm. I realized that I couldn't do that and have kids um, when I wanted to have kids. I was raised by a single mom. And so she, I saw her work so much doing something she didn't love that I wanted to be able to do something I loved and also still be home with my kids. So then I ventured off to figure out what can I do as a business? And that turned out to be the CEO partner and basically helping people take processes that they do in their business and streamline and automate them so that they can kind of grow seamlessly um, and create money online. Love it. Love it. I'm going to get into that in a second, but but first I have to know when you used to go to parties and someone said to you, Hey, what do you do for work? And you went, Oh, I love doing business processes for banks. How did the conversation flow from there? It kind of died. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it just what, died. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, and then the other thing I was really curious about is, who went in it and told your boss when the entire team left? 
Um, How did you do that? It was hard because we all left kind of like one after another month. Yeah. So the first person went over, our product sponsor went over, and then he came and was like, I have the perfect team to build it for you. And then it was, we all had like these leave or gardening leave periods. So we all couldn't leave at the same time. (laughs) But that was terrifying (laughs) for him. (laughs) Ah, got to love the world of work. Um, All right. So, yeah. The CEO partner, you, can, you, you kind of gave us a, a quick summary, but yeah, tell us some more about it because I, I, I find it fascinating. Yeah. So um, I started in 2011, essentially, and it's morphed into what it is today. Like we used to do online business management. We used to do just strictly seamless systems and documenting processes. But the part that I and the team kind of fell into and love is really helping our service-based clients take what they do for their clients service-based wise and bring it online so we were doing this before the pandemic but when the pandemic hit it it kind of grew because a lot of people now want to figure out how they can create money online and essentially take what they do in their service-based business and either create a product or create some sort of virtual service that they can deliver without them having to do it all the time Okay. So what are some examples for people are going, this sounds cool, but I have no idea what that means in reality. Yeah. So I have a client that's a great example. He basically sits on seven corporate boards and people started asking him, how do you sit on on corporate boards? Like, how did you get on those boards? I want to be able to do that. So we created a course, 15 modules on teaching people how to become a corporate director. The course is called how to become a corporate director. And essentially you enroll in this course and you get board ready is what we're calling it. We don't promise placement, but we promise you have the skills to be able to find the board, sit on the board and pass like the board interview essentially. And with him as a client, what we do is we help him basically launch this course every quarter. It's because it's alongside like his regular business that he's super busy in. He just wanted to create something that will create some consistent income and consistent income. And for him, it's like an additional five, six, 7,000 every quarter. So for people listening, you're going, what do you mean launching every quarter? So there are two main different ways. There's one that where you launch it and close it, launch it, close it, or there's an evergreen. It's open all the time. Why did you choose the launch method? Because he's really great on a webinar and speaking. And so for him, we he does a webinar every three months and we get, he gets people on there and he just initially sells the course. Open cart, we open it for a week, close it, uh-huh. and then he gets about 30, 40 people in. And then the course is, you know, when you sign up, you get access to everything. So you can do it on your own, on your own time. And he does a monthly um, Q&A call where he answers questions for the members. And then now what we've also implemented is he would have another board member come on to share their experience as well. Got it. Do you ever see uh, people translating information in for corporate clients as opposed to individual B2C type things, or is it mostly stronger in the B2C area? I think that's starting to trend that way too, because with everyone working virtually now, what we're actually getting clients that want to do is start taking their trainings more for employees online and helping Uh. people be able to just access more trainings on demand. So it is more trending that way where we're getting clients that want to figure out ways of making training more accessible for their employees. Got it. Got it. So I want to ask you about the process next, but I'm curious also as to uh, 
you, you gave the example of, of the board director sharing his knowledge on how to do that with others, how to choose the topic and then also verify that there's demand for it. And mm. then, you know, how does that feed into the process from there? Yeah, definitely. So one thing that we help our clients do is actually figure out something that they know, like the back of the hand, super easy. They, they can answer questions and talk about it forever because you have to consistently put content out there to drive traffic to it. So one thing we encourage our clients to do is one, survey their audience. So once they've come up with the idea, so, oh, I, I sit on seven board seats, I can easily teach someone how to do that. Now let me figure out if this is what people really want. Basically surveying your audience to figure out if this is something that they would actually do. Um, we have a client who she does for corporate, she trains women on basically presentable. She goes in and, and, and trains them on their presence. And so she has a course now on presence and impact for women. And essentially what we did with her is she had an audience and we created a survey that she sent out to her list. She posted on social just to get feedback on the type of things that they worry about or that you know, they want to improve on in their corporate presence or just in their leadership style. And that's how we came up with her course. And her course is like five modules um, that she that she launched. And then she also did a beta for it first before she launched it out uh, because then we were able to get feedback on the content and what was there and maybe what additional things she can create to support for that. I love it. So how do you go from... Uh, you've got the idea, you've had the feedback and you think, okay, we've got a, a winning topic. How do you go from there to we're launching it with 15 modules or whatever it may be? Yeah. So we kind of map out the process of taking a new person from idea to actually being board ready or from idea to actually being um, coming up with your corporate presence and impact or what you want. And they map out their steps of what it would take for they being the client of what it would take a client to get from A to B. So for the 15 modules, and for corporate director, it came out to be 15 modules because he had a lot of content and people's attention span, we weren't going to have him just have a video that had 30, like it was 30 minutes long. So they're really short videos and they have worksheets that people can, it's truly actionable because we want people to come in, engage and get a result. And when people get quick wins along the way, they want to continue because they want to keep winning. Yeah. So we help people make the actual user experience of the course a win for the members. And that's how we come up with, we don't want the videos to be longer than 20 minutes. We want the worksheets to be, you know, actionable, short, and have them have a result at the end. So we kind of help our clients rein it in when they come up with their modules, even if it's going to be like 50 modules seems really long, but the videos are 10 minutes, 15 minutes. There's no video that's longer than 15 minutes in there. Got it. And I know one of the big questions for people would be a fear of the technology and, oh, gosh, do I have to go and book in a studio at Fox Studios or Universal Studios for <laughs> three days? And, you know, how, how does that aspect work? Yeah, I would say don't. You don't even have, it doesn't have to be, especially for your first course, you don't have to have the super production to make it work. Um, you'd be surprised, but some of the most successful courses that we've had are audio only and worksheets. Because you have to know what works for your, your user. If you have a super busy user, they may not actually ever sit down on a computer to watch a 15-minute video. They might want to listen to it on the go and then come back and, and do their work. So you have to do what works for your user. But a lot of our clients record on a Zoom 
and sometimes even share just the presentation or they're just recording themselves talking for the 10 minutes. And that works perfectly fine because they're buying the result. They're buying you, but they're also buying the result. They're not really buying the production. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I've, I've done both of the fancy productions, but um, I've got a few courses myself on, for instance, start your own HR business and things like that. And it was Zoom based. And um, I'm actually getting into podcasts myself more because you can cook or you can stand yeah. at kids sport and listen to stuff and not actually have to look at a screen. So yeah, I can see that happening. Um, what are some of the pitfalls that people should be aware of if trying to take their knowledge online? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest pitfalls is that you want to reach the right people. So some people think that, oh, they'll put it online and people just automatically join. But you really wanna think about who you're creating this course for, how they're gonna consume it, um, and that's kind of that kind of goes back to what we just talked about in terms of how they're going to consume it: audio, video, workbooks. Like I have a course that's completely all words because it's very intense for people to. Um, it's giving them examples and templates, yeah, and that's what they need for that course to get the results. So really think about your user and the user experience that you want to have because that's what's going to keep people engaged to go from beginning to end because you don't want a course that people, you don't want a course that people are going to sign up for and not complete, but the reality is you will have people that sign up and don't complete it because that's just the nature of having a course, but you want to try your best to make it for like a particular user and create the experience for them. Absolutely. It's a bit like the iPhone. We don't still have iPhone one. We're up to whatever it is, <laughs> 10 or 50. I don't know, but um, it, yeah. it's constant iterations and things like that. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I think also that's, people try to create the best course the first time. Mm. And then what happens is it stops you from putting it out instead of getting it out there, getting the feedback and making improvements and iterating it over and over and over again to get the best, get to your best stage. You will forever, once you have a course, if you really want to make it the best course, you will be improving it all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the concept MVP, minimal viable product that they use in the tech world, but it's, Definitely. it's along those lines. Let's get, get it small, test it, see that people like it, adjust it, and then then make the whiz-bang thing once you know it works, right? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, normally I ask people on this podcast about the, the future of work and how they see the world of work and HR changing, but maybe for you I could ask, how do you see the, the world of business changing and where it might go next? Yeah, I definitely feel that it's right now shifted towards everybody doing business online, everybody working from home, right, with mm. the pandemic. I think the pandemic has opened people's eyes to be able to work from anywhere, to be able to be accessible and have things online. And I think it's going to continue to go in that direction. I think they may be a little bit of a hybrid, but people, you know, go back into the office a couple of days a week. But I do think everything's shifting more towards this online space, the digital world. So having courses online, figuring out how you can um, supplement your in-person services with additional online pieces. For example, I spoke to someone yesterday and she does VIP days, but her VIP day is so intense for her because she does a lot of training and a lot of strategy. But we're talking about maybe taking the training and putting it online so people can do the training before the day. And then you can really work on the strategy. So like, how can you supplement your 
in-person services with some digital trainings and things online. Really like that. Yeah. And I, I read recently just the, the analogy that with, with courses and taking stuff online that the natural tendency is to stuff everything in. But if you think of trying to cook a meal, <laughs> do you want 17 videos or do you want the ingredients in the process listed out on one page? So, yeah, yeah, they, they may end up at the same result, but the enjoyment and impact may actually be better in a shorter or more comp or, or like the, the version you shared about where it's text and diagrams only. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. There's so you have so much flexibility when you try to do things online and then improving it or even breaking it out. So we have a client right now. She came to us with this long 15. Her thing was, I think, going to take 12 weeks to complete. But then she was wondering why she wasn't selling it. And it's like, because it's probably too much. <laughs> it's too much for one person to consume. So she's in the process of breaking the one course she had into three smaller courses. And I think for her, it'll be super successful because it was just way too much for someone to consume. <laughs> I like that. That's brilliant. Um, well, Sanai, you've, you've shared so much great information and, and advice. If people want to learn from you, refer business to you or work with you, what should they do next? I think the best thing is to check us out on our website, theceopartner.com. And we have lots of resources there for, to help people get started. And you can also just reach out to us that way. Excellent. And you have a podcast, right? I do have a podcast called The New Revenue Show. So that's, Excellent. yeah, we also talk about and interview people on their journeys of creating new revenue online. Brilliant. All right. Well, go and check those out. And that's theceopartner.com. But if you're listening to this on the go, check the show notes. We'll have the links for that. So now that just leaves me to say thank you very much for sharing your advice and your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.